Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Publisher Nation, a podcast that will examine all aspects of the traditional publishing industry alongside all aspects of the new media industry, podcasting, live stream, video, interactive books, and more. My co-host for this podcast is David Dunham, CEO of Grabber. David, say hello. Hello there. Good to be with you, Bradley. Yeah, good to be with you, David. And so future episodes of this podcast will be the two of us uh, interviewing various guests that we bring on uh, involved in different aspects of the publishing industry, old and new. But for today, I'm going to be interviewing you and getting to know, uh, ex- yeah, explaining some of the, uh, your background and and um, and what you're doing and, and sort of setting the stage for what's to come. So, David, uh, tell us a little bit about how you originally got into the publishing industry and how long you've been in it. Well, I uh, thank you for having me, first of all, and it's real. It's a real privilege to to be on this in this inaugural uh, podcast. And uh, I always love to talk about um, what's going on in the publishing industry. I started in 1975, right out of college. My first job was with a Christian publishing company in, out of Waco, Texas, uh, called Word Publishing. And um, I went to Word because I thought I wanted a career in the record business. I was a voice major in college, and, um, and I thought I was going to be the next Tony Bennett or Frank Sinatra uh, or Broadway star. And, you know, my first year uh, in the voice department at Baylor, I realized there was uh, a lot of other guys in the voice uh, program there that could sing better than I could. And so, um, and so I went ahead and I decided to pursue mu- the music uh, degree. And after two years, I realized that wasn't what I, I really wanted to do. And I wasn't sure what it was, but I, I wanted to get in the business side of music. And so, if, if possible. So I moved over to the business school, graduated from Baylor in 75. And... Um, through a friend of uh, my wife's, who was my girlfriend at the time at Baylor, one of her sweet mates, uh, Dad, was a uh, head of A and R at, at Word Records, and he had he, he had befriended us, and because they lived there, of course, locally, and and we went over to their house once in a while for for supper, and so he helped me get my first job at Word, and really it was in the the sales department, and I was really going my track was to go into the and to be an A and R guy or, or a record executive. But about six or eight months into it, um, I happened to be a pretty good salesman, and I was asked to take a kind of an assistant sales uh, job over in the publishing area. And I thought it was kind of weird because I didn't even like to read books. Uh, I don't remember. I think I can say this uh, with all with all candor. I, I don't remember ever reading a complete book up until I was about 21 or 22 years of age. And so it was kind of uh, kind of counterintuitive that I would be moving over to work in books, uh, having not ever read books. But uh, fortunately, I loved it, and then I became a voracious reader shortly thereafter, and, and I've had a love for books and for book publishing ever since. So I was there for several years, and then I went and did some entrepreneurial things in publishing, and what got me to Nashville about 26 years ago um, was... A couple of, no, my word, 28 years ago, sorry, 28 years ago, a couple of good friends that I'd worked with at Word, and uh, they had started a small publishing company here in Nashville, and they asked me to come join them, so I did, and, and about a year and a half later, they sold it 
uh, over to Word, for, of all things. And uh, so I went and started my own uh, small publishing imprint and did some consulting in the publishing world. And then eventually I went over to Thomas Nelson Publishers, and, um, and I spent about five years there. And I primarily worked with the general market books. Um, there was uh, one of my counterparts in the Christian division, uh, you know, handled all the religious and spiritual and Christian related books. And I did what I told, what I said was all the fun books. I did the cookbooks and the lifestyle and pop culture and politics and business books and humor and all of those great books that uh, I, I really love doing. And so I started, I, I went over there and then about 10 years ago left, started my own publishing agency and we, we did consulting and literary work uh, for authors um, until about four years ago, three years ago rather, um, we came upon this, uh, this great uh, idea called Book Grabber, which is a social marketing platform uh, for authors and publishers to leverage their social fan base to generate more eyeballs and ultimately more readers. So that's where I am today. So what has been the biggest challenge in developing Book Grabber and then, and then turning that into Grabber, uh, you know, the general form of it that you've got going now? Well, first of all, um, my, my son Joel was working with me at the Dunham Group, our publishing agency, and, um, and we were getting quite a few uh, emails and, and calls from people that, found us through our website or through third-party referrals and wanting uh, help with their, to market their books. And this was about five years ago. And, and this was with kind of the, the, the surge in self-publishing or independent publishing that it really hit about five or six years ago. And, <clears throat> and what happened, you know, we would say, hey, listen, sorry, you know, that's just not in our wheelhouse. That's not what we do. Uh, and besides... You, you really need to have, uh, you know, more than, you know, $50 to do anything effectively with marketing. And unfortunately, so many of these people had spent uh, uh, most of their money that they had because they were so intent on getting their book published and they couldn't find a traditional or conventional publisher. And so with all of the new uh, platforms and options available in the self-publishing world, it, uh, the, with technology being the way it was at the time, it drove the cost down tremendously so that, you know, you could go and publish your book for a few thousand bucks. And, and so, and, and a lot of people spent, you know, their savings to do that because they just felt really uh, motivated and led to, to get a book in print. And so when they would come to us, uh, most of them didn't have two nickels to rub together because, it, you know, we would be able to say, hey, listen, you know, we would recommend you go to so-and-so. You need to hire a social media uh, manager to, to post for fa on Facebook and Twitter and all of this and, uh, and try to generate uh, uh, activity that organically and, and through, through those particular platforms. And, um, but most of them didn't have the money to do it. And one day, my son Joel walked in my office about a little over three, yeah, a little over three and a half, four years ago, and said, hey, I've got an idea. And so he started telling me about this, this technology uh, t or technological idea that he had come up with 
that uh, meant nothing to me because I was, I'm one of those old guys that I, I, I do very well with Word and Excel and PowerPoint, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's about it. And, but he explained it to me and it made sense. It was basically someone could take their Facebook followers or their Twitter followers, whether it's 200, 800, 8,000, however many they have, and, and, and share something, have, and, and be able to share something in exchange for a reward. And, and so when we, we went, I, I, I have some very good friends in the publishing world uh, that I grew up with in the industry, and, and I, I emailed four of them of the biggest publishers in New York. Simon Schuster, Harper, uh, Hachette, and then one of the largest uh, self-publishing companies, Author Solutions. And I said, hey, we've got an idea for a new social marketing platform. We'd love to chat with you about it uh, in, next month in New York as the big international book fair was coming up. And all four of them got back to me right away and said, sounds great, David. Let's uh, set up. I'm going to set up. I'm going to connect you with our chief marketing officer, and you guys can... Uh, uh, talk about it, and it sounds like a great idea. Good luck, and all that. So we went to we built a, a real crude, uh, not crude, but we built a we built a kind of real static prototype of what we thought the website uh, should look like or would look like. And uh, and so we demoed it. We took it to these uh, meetings, and um, and we told them what the idea was to build this kind of algorithm and build this kind of, do this kind of coding and that would do this and that and the other. And everyone, all four of them said, if you guys can build that, then we're in. That's, that's amazing. Can't believe no one's thought of it. And so we came home, put a business plan together, went and raised uh, some money, uh, hired a development team, a company that started building code for us, so our pro developed the program for us. That was in January of 2015. Okay. And um, and then in the summer of May or June, I forget when the International Book Fair was. Then twenty, I think it was in June. Uh, we launched it in beta, and uh, we we signed on over throughout the the, the rest of the year. We signed on about uh, forty or fifty publishers, and we had uh, you know twenty five thirty thousand titles, and uh, and now we've grown to about a little over sixty publishers and about fifty. A little over fifty thousand titles, and and so and one of our big ones is Simon and Schuster. Uh, they their their CMO Liz Pearl got it immediately. She said this makes total sense, and um, and so it they were our first what we would call our first anchor or flagship uh, publisher. And it's so really, the I oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, sorry to interrupt. It's really cool, and I, I'm uh, you know I've had a chance to get hands on with Grabber, and I think what excites me the most about it is how, um, you know, we live in this time where content creation is so democratized. Uh, anybody um, can can publish a book, uh, you know, it, as you talked about, it's much cheaper than ever before. Anybody can create a podcast. Uh, anybody can uh, go record themselves and throw it up on YouTube uh, nobody's in the way anymore. And Grabber is a fantastic tool that sort of rises up to meet content creators wherever they are and provide um, really innovative, uh, an innovative marketing approach to anybody. And, and all you do is you go to Grabber.com, G-R-A-B-B-R.com, uh, sign up, 
and you can take your content, whether it's a, a PDF, if, if it's any sort of file, um, and share that, or you know, any number of links, and, and share that, um, you know, and share it with your social media. And when your social media shares it, they uh, are incentivized to share it because then they get a reward, and you have all these different choices of rewards you can give from promo codes to uh, different downloads to um, different file types you can distribute uh, to the people that do share it. Um, and it just becomes this fantastic feedback loop that anybody can take advantage of, no matter what type of content that you're actually publishing. It is, it is, uh, Bradley. And and the great thing about Grabber and 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 the de- democrat- democratization is a great word because it really has uh, almost eliminated the barrier to entry. Uh, and because in the old days, and I'm talking about uh, you know pre-social media, like like in the uh, you know, six, eight, ten years ago and later. I mean, as a publisher at a big, in, in the corporate world, you know, we sold books uh, and distributed books primarily through brick-and-mortar stores. And that was Barnes & Noble, Borders at the time, Books a Million, a lot of independent bookstores around the country. And, and we typically promoted the books by hiring PR firms to schedule interviews and, and reviews for our authors and, and their books. So it, you know, it was not uncommon for us when I was even at Thomas Nelson and, you know, back eight, 10, 12 years ago, you know, to spend fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, hire a PR firm for three or four months, and they would just go, th- they would, uh, they would line up the interviews, whether it was on talk radio or some television, hopefully, and uh, a lot of print reviews. And then, of course, the uh, Internet was starting to, to really grow and blossom, and so we started getting online reviews, that kind of thing. And then, and then we migrated more into this with, with, with the uh, ex- acceleration, the exponential growth of Facebook particularly, and then even Twitter and, and now LinkedIn. You know, the, uh, the, 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 the table's kind of turned. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because we get, we still get, I still get emails from people that uh, read a, can, can go online and say, oh, yeah, David Dunham, he's, he's, he, he's done agency work and all this kind of thing. And, of course, I usually will email them back and say, no, we're not doing that anymore. But I tell people that do get in touch with me, I said, look, when they said, look, I self-published this and it did really well and, I, and I've got another book coming and I know I'm ready for a traditional publisher. And, and I don't know if, you, if we have time for this call to talk about what I typically tell them on why they probably won't get a deal or why they ought to look at other avenues. I know we, I know we only have about 10 minutes left, but uh, if you'd like, I can get into that right now. Sure, go ahead. Well, typically, you know, I, I tell people, first of all, I said, you know, most publishers don't like to hear me say this, uh, but hey, I've been one of them, so I know, because I've been on that in the side of the desk uh, for, for many years. But the fact of the matter is, publishers uh, are looking for authors who have books. They're looking for good books, number one, but they're looking for good books who, with authors that have a social plat or some sort of media platform who can drive demand for their book. And when I get in, when I'm talking to to Jane Smith, and she says, "Well, I've got 482 Facebook fans and followers." And, and I do speak, uh, 
you know, about eight times a year to these different women's groups around the country, then I'll say, okay, so Jane, let me ask you this. Uh, how many books have you sold? Well, we did. I did almost 4,000 copies. I said, that's great. That's amazing for a self-published book. The average book in America sells about 8,000 copies. No publisher can make any money. In fact, they'll lose a lot of money if they only sell 8,000 books. All right? And so, the, so what publishers, in the old days, content was king. And most publishers will say content is still king, but I will, I'll push back on them a little bit because uh, content really is important and, it, and, it's, and it's really uh, critical. It's got to be a good story, a good book, or whatever. But again, I, I give this example. I said, look, if I did a book on business, on how to get published, and, and I've got 1,200 Facebook followers, 600 you know, Twitter followers, and, and I know quite a few people in the, around the world you know, that I could get to, to either write me a great review on Amazon or, or promote it on their website or whatever. But let's say that my agent takes my, my book idea to Simon & Schuster, and Simon & Schuster goes, wow, boy, this is a great book. But you know what? We only have room for one more book uh, this next season. And, and it's between David's and Tony Robbins. Um, well, guess which one they're going to go with? I mean, Tony's got millions of followers. They know that all they have to do is put out a press release that Tony Robbins has a new book coming out, and they're going to get pre-orders for probably 100,000, 200,000 copies immediately. So they don't have to do much to sell a Tony Robbins book. And that's what I tell novelists, fiction writers. They're going, well, David, I've, I've had, I mean, I've had so many great reviews on this. And I tell them the same thing. Well, but you're not John Grisham. You're not James Patterson. You know, these publishers know that with certain authors that they are going to put the book out and they're not going to worry about recouping, not only not recouping their investment, but not making X amount of dollars. And I said, Unfortunately, with the recession in 07, 08, you know, in the publishing, publishing margins were always thin, and it got really dicey with the recession, and a lot of the, a lot of the models, financial models changed in the publishing, some of the publishing companies, and, and this is first-hand anecdotal um, information from some friends in the, in the industry at some of these big houses. And all of a sudden, I mean, the old days, you, if you were an agent, Bradley, you could call me up and say, David, I've got this great new book by Judge Andrew Napolitano, who's senior legal analyst at Fox. And, you know, he's speaking all over the country. He's on the air twice a day and blah, blah, blah. And I only need, you know, X amount, $1,000 advance, and, and, I, and I'll give it to you, and I won't go shop it. As a publisher, I could make that decision right there on the phone and say, done, let's do it. Okay. Right? To, but what happened with the shift, in, in, especially with the recession, and it, all of a sudden, uh, and, and we did this even at Nelson 10 years ago, on ones that I was unsure about. I'd, if I was unsure about it, I'd say, you know what, I need to take it to my publication board meeting, and I'll, we'll run it up the flagpole and see if anybody salutes it. And so what we would do then is whoever the editor I'd signed it to, would they would take and champion that project and pitch it to our key account salespeople that were in that publication board meeting. And then we would have the Barnes & Noble rep, the Borders rep, the Amazon rep, 
blah, 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 on down the line, special sales, independent bookstores, international right sales, all of these, everybody would write down their what they think they that they what they would think that they could sell in year one, and in lifetime, and then we would take those numbers, put it in the pro forma that we had built, and we'd be able to say, hey, you know what, we can do it or we can't do it. And if we could do it, then we'd say, this is how much in advance we can pay, and here's here's our offer. And and so and today that's almost exclusively the way it's done. There's very there's exceptions obviously to every rule. I mean, if Carolyn Reedy at Simon & Schuster, the CEO there, is a friend of mine, if she decides she wants to do, you know, Barack Obama's book or George W. Bush's book, she doesn't have to go get permission from anybody or run it up to the, <laughs> through the pub board. But those are, those are the rare exceptions because if I call an, if you call an agent, uh, if you're an agent and you call one of the publishers at one of these houses, they're going to say, boy, this sounds great. Uh, could you send me let, me, let me take it to the publication board meeting and, and let me get back to you. And they'll run those uh, projections because then what happens is this. They'll assign some 20 or 30 something year old junior level marketing person to go and Google uh, and these people and, and then they will uh, figure out, okay, what kind of, what kind of uh, platform do they have? Oh, wow, they only have 320 Facebook followers and they spoke to uh, 280 people last year. Yeah, I don't think so. So okay. they they are looking for the author to drive demand for the book, uh, and so that's kind of uh, that's kind of what the, the the landscape looks like today. Well, that's one thing I think is so great about Grabber um, and what you're doing too is that um, it's it allows. Um, Anybody producing content, you know, that author that, that needs to build up uh, a fan base, uh, the people in new media that need to build up fan mm -hmm. bases to do so in a trusted way, you know, anybody who um, is sharing, you know, if I have a, uh, a live stream video show on YouTube, mm -hmm. And uh, I use Grabber uh, to mm -hmm. uh, distribute my YouTube videos, and I incentivize that by saying uh, anyone uh, who does that, uh, anyone who shares uh, my show on YouTube with their followers will get uh, this PDF uh, digital book I created about how you can do this yourself. You know, just throwing this out there as an example. Right. And... Um, it's fantastic because uh, the, you, the, the content creator can go and leverage their own social media base and uh, everybody on Facebook can share it with everyone else on Facebook. So it becomes a circle of trust as opposed it to is. seeing a, a Google ad or an ad on TV or something like that. Yeah. Um, it allows... Uh, the author's direct fans to share it to their they're the next level out and the next level out and it's a trusted way to build that fan base uh, as opposed to something uh, artificial um, you know some in, any number of artificial ways to try to build a fan base or mailing list up yeah well here's the interesting thing and I know we've got to bring this to a close but it's really interesting because uh, it to the point you're just making I mean we have, we have people that you, that are unknown authors that are just getting amazing results with Grabber. I mean, one, I'm not going to name names because we have a confidentiality thing. We won't tell people that their names and what their analytics are. But our analytics, our dashboard is so robust that you can find out how many people grabbed 
your your offer, how many people, how many social impressions, how many sales clicks, what the geolocator uh, that we have that shows you which countries these your book or your product was grabbed in. And it's not just books. It's music. It's coupons. We have all any kind of digital content. We had a company yesterday that promoted this, this magazine I'd never heard of, and I doubt if you have, but I'm not going to name them. Okay. And they emailed us and said, this is amazing. We just posted, we just ran a campaign last week on Grabber. We had 326, they gave away sample of the magazine, and then they had people go to, to, to click to, 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 obviously, to subscribe. They had 326 grabs, just over 98,000 social impressions. They had 10 immediate purchases, Click people clicking to subscribe, but they had grabs in thirty different countries. Bradley, yeah, and 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 this one uh, Simon Schuster author who's totally unknown. She was a new author last fall, and I just happened to pull hers up. She had three hundred and fifty-seven grabs on her book, one hundred and fifty-eight thousand social impressions, sixty-three sales clicks, and 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 then she. And she had and, and, and over 28 or 28 or 29 different countries that people grabbed her book. And the other thing, the great analytic, is that it showed that, that where most uh, – what our platform does is show where your grabs are coming from. So you might have only shared it uh, on Twitter, let's say. But, but if, I'm your, if, I'm, if I'm following you on Twitter and I grab your offer – and I share it to my uh, my friends. I might decide to share it to, through my Facebook instead of Twitter. So then it shows you what where all your grabs came from. Like with Sarah, seventy percent came on Facebook, twenty eight percent came on Twitter, and one percent came on LinkedIn. And she said, "I don't even have Twitter or LinkedIn." And we said, "We know." <laughs> but here's why: this is the interesting. This is how the algorithm with with Grabber works, and and it's so inexpensive. And I do hope. In fact, if people go right now to Grabber.com. Um, you know they can uh, they can get a free campaign. You know it's very inexpensive. Our campaigns are seven days, because that's typically about the full length of when when something's going to show how long something's going to stay on your timeline. And so if you post something today, then five or six days from now it'll be so far down that no one would see it anyway. So. Um, there so if you're listening to this, you need to go to grabber.com, G R A B B R dot G R A B B E R G R A B B R dot com, and uh, check it out. Get registered, play around with it, see all the different flexibility and and potential it brings, and and try it out. Uh, you'll enjoy it, and you'll certainly be hearing a lot more about it because uh, with Publisher Nation, David uh, will be mentioning that. Uh, frequently, and uh, I never even introduced myself at the beginning uh, in terms of my company. I uh, I own a company called Score Publishing. We're a small yep. publisher based here in Nashville as well. So you'll be hearing about both of uh, our enterprises as we go along, and that's the prism that we will use to uh, look at uh, different aspects of what's going on in the world of publishing, old and new. So it's exciting to be kicking off Publisher Nation and David, one last thing: if someone goes on Grabber mm-hmm. uh, after hearing this and listening to this podcast and, mm-hmm. and plays around with it and wants to share something with you, what's the best way that they can contact you? Just email us at info at grabber.com. Real easy. I N F O at G R A B B R dot com. Perfect. So, David, appreciate you setting the time aside. Looking forward to doing this podcast with you. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun, Um, and uh, thanks to everyone who's listening, and until next time.